You never heard of incarcerated parents. It wasn't a thing. You didn't hear about reentry programs and how that affects children. You, you never heard about child suicide or, or cyberbullying, you know, all these things. So we've had to evolve. From the sunny palms of Los Angeles, this is Bully Buster, the podcast where Rhonda Orr speaks with guests battling the bully culture. Listen to real stories and find real solutions using Rhonda's Triangle of Triumph, going from victim to survivor to leader. Rhonda is an award-winning executive trainer, columnist, and speaker. She's also served as the founder of two nonprofits addressing child abuse and bullying. Now, here's Rhonda. Welcome back, moms, to our 10th episode of Bully Buster. Only hundreds to go. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about the Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America program. It's a nationwide organization whose mission is to create and support one-to-one mentoring relationships. They do this by pairing kids between age 5 and young adulthood. They're called littles, with carefully screened adult mentors known as bigs. My guest is the executive director of the Northern Arizona chapter of Big Brothers Big Sisters, Aaron Mabry. Aaron is a leader of children and families and has one of the most powerful youth mentoring programs in the United States. I know because I was a speaker for her first mentoring symposium this year. They'll do another in February 2021. I'm also honored to have a Civility Inns Bullying Partnership with Yavapai Big Brothers Big Sisters. I'm based in the Los Angeles area, but still, I have a profound love and admiration for Aaron's large and enriching Alliance Collaborative Projects and Associates in Northern Arizona. I can't possibly name all of the weighty regional and state associates that Aaron has through Big Brothers Big Sisters, but suffice it to say, there are many. Welcome, Aaron. It's such a pleasure to have you as a guest on Bully Buster today. Let's start with that mentoring symposium. What prompted you to hold that event? That really came from a vision that we had of bringing many of our agencies together under one roof to share the knowledge and experience that we all have with each other. This, we believe, enriches and enhances the resources we collectively provide to our families in our county. It just makes sense to be able to bring all of these resources together under one roof and be able to share everything that we have and learn together. Our partnerships have been fostered much like this one that we have here. I'm so grateful for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, this is it's <laughs> great. You were there. You got to witness how kind of magical it was. It was magical, and I was excited to be a speaker there. You had regional and statewide mentoring agencies, and it was uplifting. If it takes a village to raise a child, then everybody's here. And children and, and adults alike. So we really recognize how important mentoring is in all aspects of a person's life from from adulthood down to childhood. And we had agencies such as the Alzheimer's Association was there, you know, and AARP was there. So it wasn't just about children, but supporting our community in a really holistic way through mentoring. That was kind of the vision. And we'll do it again in February. For me, my mentor in my life was my grandma. She was very non-judgmental, and I felt comfortable with her. She wasn't hypercritical, and she listened 
that's one of the features that I think is remarkable about mentors. But like you said, not having everyone to represent just the children because mentors need to be the mentee and also have their own mentor. Who is your mentor? I have a long list and I'll tell you, I, I <laughs> yeah. come from a, a big family and I will say that everybody in my life has been very instrumental in what, what I've become, who I am. Some of those being obvious lessons like a teacher or that kind of thing, but mentoring comes in so many forms and we can celebrate that. Well, it makes the difference day and night. How does someone become a big sister or, in other words, a mentor for big brothers, big sisters? Well, in Yavapai County, a person that would be interested in becoming a a mentor or a big, what we call them, bigs, would visit azbigs.org to start their application. We have hundreds of affiliates across the nation. So I know that your podcast isn't just for our area, but anybody would have to look up where where they live and what, what affiliate serves their area. Going into the program, you know, we have a lot of different programs to choose from. So there's a community-based where uh, Big and a Little might meet out in the community and do things together out, out in the community. In our school-based program, they, they would meet on school campus, of course, with COVID right now, that's a challenge. We have family and couple mentoring even a family could become a big family. We have high school mentors, kids that are mentoring other kids. And and now we've kind of shifted and we're looking at virtual-based mentoring. So there's different programs that fit different needs and commitment levels. So becoming a mentor through Big Brothers Big Sisters, it's a pretty good process. We keep safety and quality, of course, in our focus. To begin with, there's several screening processes to determine if the potential volunteer is a good match for our program. We ask that each mentor commit to at least one year for each little, just because we know that the outcome of a sustainable long-term relationship, of course, is much more robust than, than a quick one. However, our agency holds an average of about four years with their little, so that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. That must be traumatic if they get along really well with a mentor and then all of a sudden that mentor moves on. How do those transitions normally work out? So if they're in our program and they've been in our program for a while, a lot of our matches close for natural reasons. Maybe the little graduates or the mentor moves away or the little might move away. We try to keep supporting that little and a lot of times we'll rematch them with another big. Unfortunately, there's not as many bigs as there are littles. (laughs) I think you mentioned something that's really wonderful. At this time, I have found that as a life coach, coaching with people over Zoom or any other virtual medium is beneficial in a lot of ways. It almost forces eye contact. We've discovered with COVID a lot of new ways to connect. We had these conversations constantly about about virtual meets and, and being able to watch body language and that kind of thing. But we're realizing that it's it it works. Along with the rest of the world, we've pivoted, if you will, and and started really looking into how to enrich more online communication and utilizing technology to its best advantage. It can be done. 
our interviews that when we screen our our bigs are starting to go virtual. There's there's pros and cons to that. Sometimes we were kind of fearful at first thinking, well, we're never going to see everything as it is when we walk into their home and be able to look around. But what we were finding was that people were much more honest in front of a computer than uh, face-to-face. You have to look for the good things, right? You do. And sometimes what you're mentioning, I think it goes in accordance with almost anything. For instance, that honesty can come out in an innocent way, but to someone who's not a mentor as far as bullying is concerned. And that can hurt the child. And it's being able to help them also be coached to know who is safe, who isn't safe. And as much as we in the community that try to end bullying, try to send that message across, it's not okay to meet up with people you don't know on the social media. But in your context... It makes all the difference in the world. And I think teaching classes, a lot of parents have really hated having homeschooling because they have their own jobs and so on and so on. But some of them love it because the kids are more involved with the family. Right. There's not as much transportation time. We approached COVID stay-at-home orders with a lot of caution, being concerned about safety and and well-being of kids and and child abuse issues. And we're also seeing in this tender time some wonderful things. And just like you said, families approached it with fear and then found that they're really relishing the time that they're having with their kids and getting to know their kids better in a different way than they had the opportunity before. Families that were rushing from Taekwondo to baseball to school to band and, you know, everything in between and work and and all those other things that happen, you know, in families, they had to get quiet and sit down and get to know each other. Well, maybe they're having dinner together more because that's always something that I've said. You want to know your kids and you want your siblings to know each other. That was the one great thing my family did for us. But, you know, when you talk about a mentor Most definitions of mentoring state that a mentor is a wise and trusted teacher or a counselor. What is the Big Brother, Big Sister organization's definition of being a mentor? I love this. We call ourselves defenders of potential. Oh, I love that. We are focused on igniting, inspiring, and defending the power and promise of youth. What that means is that we do have to be trusted. We do have to be knowledgeable. And we have a lot of pieces that are in place to assist our bigs in doing that. Every child has a plethora of potential. And we can reach it if we are focused on that. So that's what we do. We kind of put on our on our bigs. We kind of set them out with a cape. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here, go encourage. <laughs> that's right. Um, and really celebrate. And celebrate. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're real proud of, of the, the mentoring that happens. Our youth today is, as you know, faced with so many challenges from internal family issues and outside issues, you know, bullying, now with education interruption, just being able to find food and shelter and, and jobs. We need it more now than ever for, for these kids to be able to have a mentor in their life, that important adult that focuses on them and gives them 
the time and attention that they deserve. Which is a part of attention. So many kids, they just want you to hear them. They want to tell their stories. They don't want to be judged. The same thing that I felt with my grandma. The encouragement, they were dependable. You could count on them. Absolutely. That's a big part of our screening is to make sure that this person is not going to be in it for the wrong reason. We do a lot of the safety screening and do background checks. And, and then we also interview people around them, people in their household, and make sure that, first of all, everybody's safe. Most of the time, actually, those relationships last more than a year because they know that they have connected. That's the big part of what we do is try to make that deep connection right off the bat. I love that because it's hard then to train your bigs to create trust between the bigs and the littles because of not having that standard. So you have that standard, and it's the foundation of mentoring trust. Absolutely. You have that, yeah. that trust. When they do become a mentor or a big, how do you train them from that point forward? We start off with our bigs, you know, after our screening process that kind of grooms them into the idea of, of what they're up against here. And then we start what we call a pre-match training. So they get together sometimes with other bigs and they kind of go through some different scenarios and how to talk to their littles and how to listen, how to encourage. It's about a little being able to confide in an adult, a strange adult, and being able to teach our bigs, coach our bigs with buzzwords and listening for buzzwords. And when a child comes to an adult and starts talking about something in their lives and being able to kind of read between the lines and, and listen really hard, of course, we, we want them to be able to trust that adult wholeheartedly. But we do tell them up front, look, if there's something that is endangering your life or your well-being, that that we'll, we'll have to intervene. So our, our match advisors are constantly coaching from the beginning, from the initial match meeting, which I like to call the magic moment when they get to meet their little, right? So the match advisor has a relationship with not just the big, but with also with the little and the family or the, the teacher, depending on what program they're in. Well, I know I've been involved with camps at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, mm -hmm. and you're talking a lot about role-playing. That is so key. And that's something that I think really does, although you, I didn't think it would, but it does transfer to the virtual world. So how do your big sisters help out families of your little sisters? Because many come from less than ideal circumstances. The littles that we serve many times come from families that are experiencing traumas or dysfunction. Most of our littles are enrolled because they, they have been referred to our, our agency by either a teacher or a family member, a parent. And those big sisters, they really reach out. They have to have a relationship with the parent as well. They really are coached and yeah, supported to be able to, to help those families without crossing lines. They have to be careful of that. You know, sometimes we, we have some closures because the big sisters get a little bit too maternal. Right. I was just going to ask you that because it seems like there could be a chance of some type of rivalry 
that could occur, especially if the parent or the guardian hasn't been trained in a lot of the social skills or presentation skills or just appropriateness, boundaries, those type of skills. Absolutely. Yeah, we see it. If you could put yourself in the shoes of maybe an incarcerated parent, Mm. and here's this caring adult for your child who is supplying all the things that you want to do for your child, and and you're not able to do it because you're incarcerated. And um, sure, there, there would be jealousy. And that's where our match advisors come in, and they really help assist those situations. They're trained social workers, and they, they really insert themselves into those relationships and, and make sure that, you know, the child is not becoming a pawn in the relationship, make sure that everybody stays in their, in their roles, and then be able to support where they're identifying their, their needs are, you know, as a parent, we'll provide parenting classes, we can help with that. And we're connected with other agencies that, that supply those things. So we can refer to them very quickly. And as well as our bigs, you know, mm-hmm. the bigs have the same, same resources as well. When children are facing adversity, one of them, of course, is bullying. So right now, cyberbullying has increased almost double the numbers that they were before when they were in school. It was staggering to me because I thought in some way, since they're not in school and the bullying that does happen in schools seemed like it would maybe go down, but it hasn't. Cyberbullying has picked right up and right. it seems like it's easier. It's easier for, the, for a bully because there's not as many eyes on them. They feel that they're anonymous. I'm really proud of our agency. We have put together a, a cyber social media resource for our families and our bigs to be able mm-hmm. to identify some of those catchphrases maybe that they're hearing or seeing on, on their little's devices being able to help the parents identify, you know, if you're on TikTok or whatever. That's fantastic. The problem that I see with so many parents is how do you even try? There are so many apps. There are so many new ways to get around whatever parental controls we have. But there, there's also more apps that help a child get out of situations, like even one for suicide that you can text. I believe it's working now. It was supposed to start working in July so that they, if they didn't want to talk to somebody, they could just do that. Or to be able to dial instead of 911, 988. We're actually developing an app for our bigs, oh. our bigs and our littles to utilize and the families to utilize. So we'll be able to stuff all kinds of resources in there. But we have an app that Yavapai Big Brothers Big Sisters is actually developing specifically for mentoring. Can't wait to put your resources from Bully Busters <laughs> on there and be able to have that at their fingertips. So when when a big does identify that a little is being bullied, they can go directly to you through our app and they'll know that it's been endorsed by us. They'll know that it's safe. What if the parent or the guardian is bullied? Do you have any type of program involving the parent or the guardian about bullying? We believe that resilience is the key to fending off any kind of bullying. When when we're hearing about parents or guardians being bullied, it's usually through our bigs. We've worked uh, very closely with prevent child abuse and and using the 
protective factors. I'm sure that you're aware of those. Um, and being able mm-hmm. to keep um, our families and our bigs connected with those, I feel like there's a lot of different elements of support, just like your triangle of triumph. I love that. And and being able to utilize a lot of those pieces to, to help support, you know, families to be and parents. Well, thank you. I, I'm very passionate about that process because I, I think there are so many people, not just kids, that don't realize they have an option to not stay a victim and to choose not to stay as a victim. That doesn't mean all of a sudden, well, I said I'm not a victim, so therefore I'm not. It's a grieving process because being bullied or being a victim for any reason is something that it, it wears so much on the self-esteem and the psyche and so many emotional levels that they actually have to go through the grieving process, you know, the five stages or the 21, whichever you're a fan of, it doesn't really matter. It just means that they have to go through all of those until they can accept the fact that they have been a victim. And bullying and abuse, I I define those really as the same, except maybe by law. And to me, it's just someone trying to get power over someone else. They learn to define themselves well on that side of the triangle, then And I think this is what's happening. A lot of what you're doing and all of your associations, you are helping that child learn how to define herself because that's what bullies try to do. They try to define you in a negative way. And if you have the jumpstart, they're not as likely to be able to do that. That's right. And to take away your power so they can be the leaders that they are meant to be. You are involved with so many organizations to help, you know, not only create a better life for your little sisters, but for your bigs and littles, parents and guardians. When do you ask for help from, let's say, CAP, which is child abuse prevention? When do you know how to do that and how does that work? It's constant. We, we rely on them all the time. We keep in close contact with a lot of other agencies so that we can share what we learn, uh, mm-hmm. what they learn. And then what they have to offer, you know, our staff, our volunteers, our families, our stakeholders, for instance, prevent child abuse. Their, their new CEO is a good friend of mine, and she and I actually have done child abuse prevention for a long time together. But I call her all the time, and she offers professional development courses. So we, we actually schedule those for our all-staff meetings for all of our staff to learn about techniques, including strengthening families, the, the protective factors, strengthening our families. And all of the wonderful things that just identifying child abuse, bullying, being able to understand LGBTQ, we invite a lot of those community services to our into our services, and we share them as a resource. We spend a lot of time learning and sharing. I feel like if I'm not learning, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> because Right. Well, and it changes every day. It, so. And it does. It does. It helps us to become more literate on what options are available, what answers are available. And like you have, all the different organizations that will help people to really understand what you need to do. And something about helping someone who quite often doesn't come from ideal circumstances is to just help them feel like they are seen, they are heard, they have power. Yes. And they can have dreams. I was just so impressed at the camp. Some of the leaders at the camp 
were previous littles Mm. and they would tell their stories and you'd hear their stories and you'd see them now. I just saw all the littles eyes just perk up like, oh, you were like me at one time Uh and I can be like you. Yeah. This is so exciting. When I came on board two years ago to this agency, the stories that I hear never cease to amaze me. I mean, they are so impactful and it is because there are agencies like this one and others that learn and grow and stay relevant in the challenges that we have today. 20 years ago, you never heard of opioids, you know, addiction. You never heard of incarcerated parents 50 years ago. It wasn't a thing. You didn't hear about reentry programs and how that affects children. You, you never heard about child suicide or, or cyberbullying, you know, all these things. So we've had to evolve. We've had to really take our core missions and move along with it and improve. Well, I'm so happy that you do that. And I'm sure what goes into a lot of that are a combination of a lot of little successes. So what kind of little successes do you see, let's say, between a relationship between a big and a little? Let me just give you a story. Sometimes, you know, our bigs don't know the impact that they've had on their little and I apologize if I get a little bit choked up on this, but this, this story always gets me. <laughs> we, re- we recently received a call from a woman. Her name was Mary. She was looking for her big sister. She had been a part of our program back in the 80s here in Yalpai County. She'd been matched briefly. Mary said that she had come from a very poor family. They had lots of trauma, drugs and alcohol abuse, that kind of thing. And at some point, she had asked her big to adopt her. And when the big sister had explained to her, you know, that wasn't going to happen, Mary walked into her house and told her mom that she didn't want to see her big anymore. And since then, she has lost touch with her big sister. But she's wanted to find her and thank her. So when she called us, she shared with us her life. And she reflects now as an adult that because of the influence or mentoring that she received from her big sister, she lived up to basically her potential. She said that her relationship with her big sister was not just pivotal, but foundational, helping her development of human connection, she says. She shared with us that she is now retired from a professional cycling career that took her all over the world. <laughs> and oh she, my goodness. she's finishing her master's in sports psychology. She went on to tell us, Either one of those things were wholly unimaginable in my family, but to have both requires important pieces to be put into place. She said that regardless if her big is found, her value as an anchor and normalcy is unchanged. She said that she'd be surprised if she or anyone else who chooses to be a big doesn't know that going into the program. That's going to so make Mary me clearly, cry. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes. So, yes. yeah, Mary, she was clearly uh, wanting to share her stories of uh, the importance that, you know, one caring, supportive adult in her life changed the trajectory of her becoming a statistic. And repeating that cycle, that generational cycle of abuse, drug abuse, all abuse, sexual and, and suicide, because it is a fact that the girls 
between ages 10 and 13, suicide has doubled. And that is just numbing in and of itself because I know that I've helped with some of those families who've lost their daughters in, in that way. And it's, it's just something that never can be truly, it can be managed. You just don't overcome it, if that makes sense. How do you heal? How do you heal that big of a hole? But I think truly living up to your potential, whichever direction it happens, it must be so exciting because I know I could have been a completely different person if I had not had a mentor for me. And if I would have had my grandma with me almost every day, it would have been even different, I think. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) So, Erin, I I was so excited to meet you at your mentoring symposium. And I I just want to ask you, what is your final message for those moms or guardians who want to help their girls? We see so many single moms, grandmas, and aunties that are, are taking care of loved ones and guardians. And I guess what I would say to moms and grandmas and, and those aunties, <laughs> that there are caring and capable people and agencies here to assist you in raising resilient, strong girls. And they are all full of potential. Not a single one doesn't have potential. And I think that is so important to know going into it as a woman who wants to mentor those girls. So what would be your final message to those who want to be a big or a mentor to the littles? Embrace it. Lean in. Be willing to give a little bit. In the case of Mary and her big, I I would assure you that her big has no idea what she's done for her, for that girl for that little girl back in the 80s. But we all have something that we can contribute to a child. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so thankful I had a chance to speak with you today. Thank you, Erin, so much for joining our show. And I look forward to seeing you in the future. We'll we'll be seeing you hopefully in February. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, And thank you for having me on. You know, what an honor. We're, we're real excited to have our partnership, you know, grow. I am too. As well. I am too. Well, thank you. There are so many mentoring gems in this episode with Erin Mabry. It's challenging to come up with just a few takeaways. Here are three. Number one, Erin, as the executive director of Yavapai Big Brothers Big Sisters, concentrates on the individual mentoring approach to include not only the children and youth, but training the bigs and training the parents or guardians to prevent and manage bullying and abuse or other cultural illnesses. Because you know what? It really does take a village. Number two, mentoring well requires having bigs who work with the same girl for at least a year. The average is four years in Aaron's chapter. Having a healthy, healing, and holistic relationship is absolutely key. Training the youth to build and retain sustainable long-term relationships and showing them how to give appropriate service, and I don't mean raking grandma's leaves, leads to success. Number three, mentoring teaches littles to, as our bully buster motto states, define yourself before others do. That empowers not only the littles, but also the parents and guardians, like grandmas and aunties, who guide their girls. 
they will have civility, one of our five C's, civility, confidence, courage, creativity, and communication, to end bullying, and to be resilient and strong, as Aaron says, so they can be extraordinarily successful in life. Thank you for joining me for Bully Buster. You can find out more information about Aaron and Big Brothers Big Sisters on our website at bullybuster.us slash Aaron. While you're there, please subscribe so you won't miss one episode and download the free Triangle of Triumph PDF. If you'd like to have me speak at your event, school, or organization, you may also send me a message and I'll get you details. Until next week, I'm Rhonda Orr. Let's build civility for a new generation. Go to Rhonda's website, bullybuster.us, to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. That's also where you'll find information about having Rhonda speak at your event or school. It's all at bullybuster.us.